0: Talk radio ninety five point
1: five. You're inside Rack and Finn Radio with me, Tom P. We got September eighteenth and nineteenth. While the other shoe has dropped regarding the black bear hunt in New Jersey for twenty twenty one. You know, earlier in the week, I think it was Tuesday, the New Jersey Fish and Game Council unanimously approved an emergency order to reestablish the bear hunt in the state. You know, for at least for that October segment, it had to be approved by Murphy who ran on a no black bear hunt platform. That was one of his splintered platforms, if you ask me. He had to sign off on it. I Granted, the, the valiant last-ditch effort, the governor, vowed anti-hunter, had to sign off on it. You know, the phone calls, whatever, and keep making the phone calls, you know, petitions, you know, I did both, whatever. It's falling on deaf ears. And to quote Murphy, ready? Shout out to Bruce Scruton there at the uh, New Jersey Herald. There will be no bear hunt this year, period. I can say that definitively. By law, he has to sign off on it. So, pun intended, is it a dead issue? I believe so, but miracles can happen. We shall see. Okay, just a couple of reminders. You have until October 15th, let to register uh, for a uh, Take a Kid Hunting Pheasant Hunt. That's going to be held October 30th. Okay, get those applications in. It's a great program, great day. They're stocking. Shout out to the division there. They're stocking hundreds upon hundreds of ringnecks out there to get the youngsters involved in pheasant hunting. Now, the Tuckahoe Wildlife Management Area Lottery Application. Okay, it's going to run to the end of the month. That's for a position, one of those six blinds out there on the on Cape May County side of the Tuckahoe River. Tremendous waterfowl habitat improvements down there. We were down there the other day, man. Saw, there are teal all over the place and black ducks. We saw some gadwalls. I mean, it is going to be. Some hunting opportunity down there. Go to njfishandwildlife.com as well. Hit the Tuckahoe Lottery application. Another reminder, too, coming up October 9th to Saturday, fun event, great event. The New Jersey Outdoor Alliance's annual Sporting Clays fundraiser at Red Wing Sporting Clays. That's exit 48 off the Garden State Parkway South, 317 Suey's Landing Road in Port Republic. Shout out to Roger and Danny Guyverson and that crew. You have a Cracker Jack A1 Sporting Place course out there. Go to NJOA.org for more information. Real quick, $75. Gets you 100 rounds of sporting clays over 15 stations, lunch, cold beverages, the whole nine yards door prize. is going to be a great event. Hopefully we will see you there. Okay, grab that cup, grab that rebel. Coming up, breaking news, the new bureau chief, New Jersey's Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries, Sean Krause, is our next guest. Some ideas on how to – I don't know how they're going to do it. Jersey's freshwater fishing, at least to me, is off the charts. Great. Young gun, young ideas, new blood in her. We shall see what Sean has to say. Also coming up next week is going to be a happy new year in the parallel universe of Rack and Finn Ready? You know when the new season opens? Uh, regretfully, the fluke season closes, you know, tomorrow, but that's about it. Cottontail Rabbit and Gray Squirrel season open. Andrew Burnett, he is a fur bear and small game, projectly upland game, I should say projectly. He'll Beyonce on his prospectus for the season. Grab that cup, grab that rebel, be right back. Rack and Finn R- Oh yeah, not to forget transition bass tactics with lane l president new jersey south jersey rather kayak bass association man hang in rack and fin radio you are gonna love it be right back
0: download rack and fin radio as a podcast on the wpg talk radio app rack and fin radio with tom p wpg talk radio
2: 95.5 oh
3: yeah it's on at mad black nissan
2: AJ the trading man is at it again this month get two grand cash back zero percent for 60 months and AJ will give you top dollar for your trade so why waste money repairing or replacing worn out parts tires or wiper blades bring it to AJ at Matt Blatt Nissan today stuck in a loan or lease Matt Blatt Nissan will get you released the value of your current vehicle has skyrocketed so cash in your vehicle now and drive home in a new Nissan today with peace of mind because only Matt Blatt Nissan has a four day love it or leave it return policy worried about your credit don't sweat it we finance your future not your past all new nissan Murano, zero down zero interest for 60 months matt nissan.com negative equity will be refinanced into new vehicle rate qualifications exist not all will qualify zero percent apr financing based on 1667 per thousand borrow offers can't be combined Murano vin mc 134 385 call 877-289-6670 or go to mattblatt for complete details offer ends 10-3-2021 it's on at matt Blatt, nissan on the black horse pike egg harbor township
4: John Walters' reverse mortgage funding, NMLS number 91144, has provided strategic options to improve retirement outcomes for the past 16 years. There's no obligation. Simply call John Walters at 609-231-4924 to review your many options. That's 609-231-4924. This could change your life. Reverse Mortgage Funding LLC is an Equal Housing Lender. 1455 Broad Street, Bloomfield, New Jersey 07003. NMLS number 1019941. Full licensing at www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Not available to Hawaii and New York residents. Terms and conditions apply. Reverse mortgages are first mortgages. A reverse mortgage is a home secured debt payable upon default or maturity event. Telephone 973-842-2448 or 888-494-0882. Licensed by the New Jersey Department of Banking and Insurance. Not intended for Hawaii and New York consumers.
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5. FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's Talk Station.
1: Okay, hunting is pretty much swirling as the seasons change, but we still have some great fishing going on in New Jersey on the saltwater front, especially on the freshwater front. Coming up in a few weeks, it's the October trout stocking. So, gleaning some information for an article in a fisherman magazine, I come across the news break, we're going to break it right here on Rack and Fin Radio today, the 18th. When just a few days ago. Division of Fish and Wildlife announced a new Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries Chief. Lisa Barno, former chief, moved up to assistant director. Congratulations, Lisa, on that one. did a great job. Joining us on the line right now is the new Freshwater Fisheries Chief, Sean Krause, based up there in North Jersey at the Lebanon Lab. Sean, great having you on Rack and Fin, in An honor. I've known you for many years. You worked your way up through the ranks, and it's great that you have this new position congratulations thanks a lot tom it's uh great to be with you here on this morning uh
5: looking forward to the future
1: let's just i'm gonna break right now let me tell you something when i first met this young guy my first met, i think it was back in 2000 2001 going to his office i'm up in lebanon running around doing doing all sorts of stuff and there was a photo on the wall not to embarrass you kraus not to embarrass you there was this young guy all <laughs> fired up with the with the director of fish and game and shell fisheries at the time Bob McDowell shout out to Bob and Jan up there in Lake Owasa he was holding a wamper stomper walleye that he caught and he was a, and you look into his eyes and I said that to me remember that rocky movie Rocky three the eye of the tiger I looked in that young <laughs> fellow's face and I said man this kid in the vision sorry Sean. I called you a kid back then you were okay he was a kid to me. And I said, he is going places in the division, especially in the Bureau of Fisheries. Sean, congratulations again from a system biologist in that little teeny tiny corner office packed with books and charts and whatever, to assuming the job of bureau chief. It's it's gotta be it's gotta be a little heady for you, man. Again, I have to congratulate you because I saw that you climbed the ladder, slow but short process, excelling at every step. And my hat's off to you, man. No, I'm really excited, and it means a lot, you know, coming from
5: you, Tom. Um, you know, all, all the experience and all the outreach that you've done over the years. Um, it, it means a lot, um, you know. Starting out, you know, with Fish and Wildlife as a young man, um, yeah, that that moment that you mentioned uh, when I got that uh, angler award from from the former director of McDowell, yeah. that was a formative moment. You know, that was that right there was an example of the great things that Fish and Wildlife does to you know promote uh, you know fishing in New Jersey, mm-hmm. and it stuck with me and I was fortunate enough, it, you know, I was able to turn that into a career. And here we are today, you know, looking forward. I think the future is bright in New Jersey. I think we have a lot of good things on the horizon. Absolutely. And um, I'm, I'm both, you know, humbled and honored to uh, to be, you know, given this opportunity.
1: Now, Sean, you, in the 20 years you've been at the Bureau and the division, you've seen, you know, things happening. And listeners, I contend, and I'll take this to my, my I'm not going to say a funeral pyre. I'm going I'm I'm to have one of those boot hill graves, I think. New Jersey's freshwater fishing, kraus for our size, number of waters we have, or lack thereof, depending on how you look at it you know, size-wise in the state, we have some of the finest, greatest freshwater fishing in the northeast region, if not northeast and mid-Atlantic region. Just Incredible fishing from wild trout to trophy muskies, everything in between. And, and you say to yourself, I said, Tom P., okay, Krause, good for him, but How do you keep building on this success, Sean, thinking out of the box? I mean, again, you're young blood, young ideas, new ideas, fresh ideas. It's a big white sheet of paper for you and the crew to draw on.
5: Yeah, well, I mean, to be honest with you, the timing really couldn't be any better. Um, Before the pandemic, you know, our our biologists, including myself, set forth to uh, kind of revitalize fisheries in New Jersey and the, the vehicle for that is our, uh, our fisheries management plans. Mm-hmm. Um, these are going to be, you know, statewide plans. Uh, one's going to be directed towards cold water fisheries and the other towards our warm and, and cool water fisheries. They're intended to guide, you know, the next five to 10 years of actions that we take, you know, everything from, you know, protecting and enhancing habitat to, you know, improving hatchery operations, mm-hmm. you know, possibly introducing new species into new waters conserving our native fish such as the eastern brook trout right. that you know are most anglers know are, are in decline um, and are threatened you know by land use changes uh, you know exacerbated yeah. by climate change um, so yeah there's, there's a lot of good things uh, that we have you know basically on paper uh, that, that we're going to be sitting down over the next several months uh, a lot of roundtable discussions with our with our you know our biologists and and hatchery superintendents and really trying to nail down, you know, the direction that we want to go. The, the really cool part of that process is, you know, once we get down these fundamental ideas, um, this is going to go out to the public. You know, we want angler feedback. Bingo! Go. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. Yeah, it's, <laughs> that's that's a real critical component because you know many choices that we make, um, you know, have the angler in mind. But I don't want to walk into this job assuming that we know everything and that we know every angler's opinion. Um, we all know, just like in life and
1: politics, anglers can have a wide, you know, a wide views on different subjects. Mm-hmm. I just want to make sure we get it right. And Sean, there's so many freshwater fishing opportunities here. Again, the, the, the Asagas, the muskies, the northern pike, you have the hybrid stripes, you have the walleyes, you have the, the, the salmon. It's the lake trout, you have the rainbow trout, you have the wild brook trout, you know, holdover, um, you know, or native brook trout, wild brown trout, that you have a lot of fingers working on this pie. And it's, it's, it's going to take a lot of work, which I know you and listeners, what a crew up there at, at the Freshwater Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries, including the hatchery crew. Great crew, great minds, great energy, and great ideas to work it, need it, and get it all together and come up with just another spectacular freshwater fishing pie, so to speak. It's all yours, Kraus. Get to work. <laughs>
5: You bet. That's a round-the-clock, you know, that's definitely a round-the-clock job that, uh, you know, we're excited to take on. Um, We're looking forward to, you know, compiling everything, getting it together, getting those ideas out there, Mm -hmm. you know, good or bad, and somewhere in between. And, you know, and and, and just trying to, you know, do what we can to to advance fishing, you know, bring fishing, you know. uh, One of the things I'd like to see is really improve fishing opportunities in urban areas. There you go. Um, and, maybe, and maybe get you know get get creative there. Uh, but like I said, uh, there's a lot of work to do to, to kind of nail down these ideas. And I just can't wait to, uh, to you know, at, at some point in, in the near future, start to unveil those ideas.
1: Now, listen, it's about angler input. Okay, as, as Sean Krauts, the new Bureau Chief, uh, Freshwater Fisheries, Division of Fish and Wildlife, the October stocking and also the November stocking, a.k.a. the winter stocking, the first two days of the of, uh, two or three days of Thanksgiving week. Whether out there is what another great program, especially for that holiday weekend. Listen to the Anglers surveys, meetings, input going to two year old rainbow trout, which are 14 to 16 inches. Numbers were halved, but the satisfaction of catching these bigger fish has made this, especially the October Pro at Krause, it's off the charts popularity wise. Again, listening to the anglers, to the constituents, win win all around.
5: Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more, Tom. Um, and, and you know, you, you mentioned the fourteen to sixteen inch fish. Don't forget that we have a bunch of bootstock mixed in there.
1: Oh, yeah. um, some <laughs> of
5: those up to twenty. Some of those up to twenty-two inches.
1: So you have premium fishing. Listen, every turn of the calendar page in New Jersey, Sean. I just want to congratulate you one more time. And I know you have some great ideas. You have great crew behind you, and it's going to be a win-win. Like I said, all around for you. Yeah, that's, I, I see it the same way. I couldn't agree more. And one thing, Liz, is this man is one hardcore fisherman. I'm telling you. Krause, I've seen you wet lines. I've seen you catch fish, man. <laughs> that is so good to uh, see. There's,
5: <laughs> no, there's, there's there's nothing better. There, there really is nothing better. You know, and especially i got two young boys, uh, 9 and 11. I, I bring them out there as much as I can. Um, and the great thing is, you know, they've taken on the art of fishing. They... Our little mentors to their buddies when I take them out there on the water. And it's great to see, it's great to hear them talk the lingo, you know, and it uh-huh. actually makes sense when they're doing it.
1: Okay, Sean, Sean, we're up against a hard break. I should say, Chief Kraus, we're up against a hard break. But some, you know, I'm a voracious reader when it comes to fisheries. Some of the new techniques, Sean, of fisheries management bureau uh, keying on. You guys all involved with this. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um,
5: you yeah, know, there's there's a uh, there's a lot of new techniques out there that I want to I want to bring staff up to speed and start to implement everything from uh, a partnership with the Eastern Brook Trout Joint Venture to basically catalog our brook trout genetically, you know, from Georgia to Maine, including you know the heart of it in New Jersey, mm-hmm. um, but also the use of environmental DNA. Um, for those of you that don't know what that is, basically fish can either excrete um, they, they excrete cells. Uh, you know, through their feces or sloughing off of their skin cells. You could take a water sample nowadays and you can essentially conduct a fishery survey, you know, with a vial of water. That's going to be important for us moving forward. Wait, 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 wait,
1: wait, What? <laughs> Are you serious, <laughs> yeah, Groot? I didn't read
5: that uh, yet. <laughs> no, I'm not joking around with you. You know, it's, uh, some of the biologists look at it like, ah, you know, maybe we won't get as many field days in and it won't be the old days, you know, of netting every fish. This is not a replacement for that. It's an enhancement.
6: There you go. Basically,
5: when we're, interest, we're interested in, you know, anadromous fish presence or absence, you got to be at the right place at the right time when if you're actually catching the fish. But this environmental DNA can linger in the water and you can go out there more at your convenience, take a vial, send it out to a laboratory, they'll, they'll, they'll run the tests, and they can tell you if there's American shad and river herring and everything else in there. We can also use the surveillance for invasive species like snakeheads and flyheads to find out you know where they're spreading to more easily. Um, and uh, it can be used for threatened endangered species. Uh, to determine fish that are naturally in very low abundance wow. and declining
1: at rapid paces, so it's yeah, it's it's really interesting stuff. Can't wait to get started on it, Chief Krause, You just you boggled my already boggled mine. Join us on the Rack and Fin Radio Line, Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries Chief, newly appointed Bureau of Freshwater Fisheries Chief Sean Kraus. Sean, congratulations again. The best of luck on the job. You don't need luck; you're a hard driver and keep those great crews behind you. And I'm looking forward to, if it's possible, even. Greater freshwater fishing opportunities in New Jersey. Hope to see you on the water sometime. You bet, Tom. Thanks a lot. Oh, by the way, by the way, how old are the boys now?
5: Nine
1: and 11. Ooh, they were just about five and three, I think. (laughs) Man, (laughs) is it going fast, Sean? You take care, brother. See ya. You too. Later. And those boys can catch some channel cats on the Delaware, man. They are something. Okay, grab that cup, grab that Red Bull. Be right back. Rack and Finn Radio.
0: If you're wondering what to do with your money in these unusual economic times, or if you have questions about retirement planning, IRAs, 401Ks, or taxes, then listen to The Heart of Your Money, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, featuring author and financial expert Joe Yakovic. The Heart of Your Money will focus on you, your family, and your financial portfolio. The Heart of Your Money with Joe Yakovic, Saturday morning at 8 on WPG, Talk Radio 95.4.
7: Are you tired of car dealer ads that boast about deals that sound too good to be true just to find out they can't live up to the promise? That's why we've been saying for so many years that it's worth it to take the short drive to Woodbine. At Genolini Ford, we've built a reputation for taking care of our community and treating customers like family for 65 years with the best deals, real value, and no empty promises. I'm Paul Genolini, and I assure you no other dealer in South Jersey beats our deals. We've been built Ford Proud since 1955 as South Jersey's longest-standing Ford dealer for a reason. So check us out to experience the Gentilini difference. Give us a call at 609-861-0100. Visit us online at GentiliniFord.com. Or stop by today at 555 John S. Penn Boulevard next to the airport in Woodbine, New Jersey. We're just a short drive from anywhere.
3: Just a short drive from here.
8: Every woman is different. And every woman wants something different from her healthcare provider. Like experts who know just what you need and how to help. Convenient access with things like online booking that makes setting up an appointment a breeze. Peace of mind in knowing that care is easily accessible and close to home so that it doesn't keep you from living your life. At Atlantacare, we offer all of it and more. Compassionate, completely comprehensive care at any stage of a woman's life. Our diverse team of specialists practice in all areas of women's health, so whether you need access to gynecological, prenatal, or maternity care, you'll find it at convenient locations throughout southeastern New Jersey. To schedule an appointment and start a relationship with a trusted women's health provider, visit atlanticare.org women. That's atlanticare.org women.
3: The Beach Boys, live in concert. Over five decades of timeless hits. Saturday, September 25th, Ovation Hall and Ocean Casino Resort. The Beach Boys, 2021 Feel Flows World Tour. Tickets are on sale now at theoceanac.com. VIP packages available at thebeachboys.com and mikelove.com
0: rack and fin radio with Tom P wpg talk radio 95.5
1: yeah welcome back to rack and fin radio with me Tom P week of september 18th and 19th well all the hubbub with the last what, two days of the summer flounder season going on a lot of people are you know even with the weather going to be on the salt uh, in the bays and the inlets and out front trying to get the rest of those floodies down what is happening though is a great transition fishery for largemouth bass if and also smallies if you're fishing Union lake also, some areas up north. It is, it's is—it's not the turnover, but the summer patterns have, even though it's still warm and muggy out, the summer patterns have, are changing. Not quite the turnover. The twixt and tween can be a really vexing time for largemouths, or it can be blisteringly white hot if you know where to look and if you know the right baits, how to present them. Joining us on the right now, very special guest. Fairly frequently on Rack and Fin ready. we can get him out of his bass boat or his tricked-out bass fishing kayak is Lane L, by the way. Just voted to – he's received his ninth Angler of the Year title from the South Jersey Kayak Bass Fishing Club. He is the president of a great organization. Lane, thanks for joining us today, hey, little brother. How you doing? Tom P. What's going on, my brother? Uh bass in time. Like, you know me. That's why I called you. I said, what am I doing wrong here? What I, I, I see I, – I know there's bass here, blah, 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 blah. Tom P., it's not the summer pattern anymore. Yeah, hey, but Lane, it's too early for the turnover. I know you got the twixt and tween. So, Lane, you laid it out beautifully. I want to shut up with the listeners. But before we get going, the lovely Michelle Olivelle and badass Ladybug. How's everything going?
9: Everybody's doing good. Thank
1: you for asking. Okay, let's get to the tax. Let's get right to the tax, Lane L. Yeah, let's tra- do bass, bass transition period happening now before the turnover. The summer patterns are waning quickly. Bass behavior. Like, where is the movement? Where are they staging? That predicated, laying on waters. Let's let's be broad here. From the venues such as Union Lake, Lake Lenape, to the smaller waters like like uh, you know, Alloy's Creek, like things like that. What do you got?
9: Hey Tom, one thing you got to know is is the seasonal pattern. Like you mentioned, uh, I believe the seasonal pattern, especially here in South Jersey, where our lakes seem to tend to be shallower than 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 a lot of places in the country. I think the turnover and the seasonal patterns happen earlier than people think. Uh, the bass really relate to time of day, you know, mm-hmm. the amount of sunlight you're getting. And as yeah. soon as that 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 sun starts setting earlier, man, the bass start moving and they're and they're coming out from their summertime haunts and they're starting to move around. And and that's that's when it really starts. That's when this fall transaction really starts. People think September, October. No, it's really late
1: August, September. Uh, it, it's a lot earlier than people think. Mm-hmm. Now, Lane, I watched so, some, I watched some bass. Excuse me, if I can. That from I, hit, I hit one venue two days in a row. Pretty, pretty much same weather pattern, slightly different, little different barometric pressure, whatever. But I went later in the day, later as in maybe 15, 20 minutes before dusk really settled in, and bass that weren't there in the shallows the day before were there, and they were going in and out of the weeds. or a little small sunnies in there. I guess that's what they were chasing. But, I mean, they showed up on a day's notice of the difference. There they were.
9: Yeah, well, the one thing, the unstable weather patterns of the fall, late summer, fall, is really what creates tough fishing. Because one day, you look at the weather this week. Uh, last week it was in the 70s, and this week it's in the 90s. Yep. So, you know, that affects the bass and where they're going to be. So as long as you know that, you're gonna to have to try different things and and kind of locate them. Well, once you do, you kind of find out what that pattern is, and you can get on them pretty easy after that. But it it could change day to day depending on what the bass are feeling in that water. Yeah, okay. you know, especially water temperature at this point.
1: So, Lane, there will be movement. Uh, you know, from from deep to shallow, shallow back to deep, or will it be more lateral along along the shoreline edges? I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen everything going on during this period, and I just I just really can't can't get any bass on the bank, man.
9: No, you can definitely get them on the bank. Uh, I was just on um, on Lake Lenape this week, and I was catching bass in six inches of water. I mean, they were in shallow, shallow water. Uh, wow! Moving up, and, yeah. But on the flip side, a couple of days before, I was getting them all on ledges. They were on deep ledges, deep wood. Um, so it, you just got to be versatile this time of year. And if you if they're not biting in one spot, check something else out. You know. They're, they're, this time of year it could be shallow, it could be deep, it could be structure related, but the key the key, Tom, to this time of year is bait
2: fish. Was just they,
9: are, mm-hmm. they are following the bait fish. So if the bait fish are shallow, they're going to be up there shallow right there with them. Because they are looking to start eating, start feeding, uh, to start putting on weight for that wintertime, you know, for that cold weather.
1: Not only that, that and that 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 translates to basically every water, be it a small creek, creek in South Jersey parlance, again something like the size of Union Lake, or even up there in, in North Jersey, like a pack-on, the state's largest water body. It's, you know, following yeah. the shad, following the herring, following the sunnies, following people. One of the, the best bass forages ever is a yellow perch. I mean, I know they eat the sunnies. Elaine, I've seen yellow perch and, and, like, getting ravaged by the large mouths. Oh. oh
9: Oh yeah, yellow, yellow perch is like uh, like me at a buffet, man. I just can't get enough.
1: <laughs> Lane, are the bass aggressive now, or is it uh, building up to a tentative bite, or I should say, building down to a tentative bite? Like what happens in the turnover?
9: No, right now, right now it's a pretty good hit. Uh, another key, like I said, the bait fish are key. Uh, also, look for for some sort of current moving water. They they. That they're looking to go back to creeks, uh, feeder rivers, mouth of rivers. Always start there. Start at, at mouth of any kind of creek opening, any kind of river that's coming in, any kind of stream coming in. Those are the places that the bait fish are migrating to right now, and the mm-hmm. bass will follow them. Start at the mouth and then go into those areas. Um, they're going to be transitioning somewhere between those areas, between the mouth of all those creeks and rivers, to going actually up and into those mountains and creeks and rivers.
1: Blaine, how important are you know, weeds and grass this time of year? I know they're going to start to, to recede and die. Uh, how do bass react to that?
9: Um, it becomes less important than in the summertime because mm-hmm. in the summertime all that grass is healthy and it's very oxygenated right. and it gives bass cover and oxygen and everything they're looking for. This time of year when that when that, those weeds and the lily pads and everything start to die, it actually is... Deoxygenated, deoxygenated, mm-hmm. if I can speak right. So the oxygen levels in those areas are actually getting pretty poor now, and this bass are actually transitioning away from the grass and the lily pads and going more onto hard structures and following the bait fish.
1: Okay, joining us on the Racket fin Radio Line this morning is Lane L. He is the president of South Jersey Kayak Bass Fishing Club. Also, the club's, hey, man, this is his ninth Angler of the Year Award, which means Lane kicks ass on bass. And then, Lay, I know you fish north, <laughs> south, east, and west, the whole kayak. I know yeah and you have your bass boat, cool bass boat. But that kayak thing, that's a whole that's a that's a whole different game. You know, getting into areas where you can't with the standard bass boat. But Lane, back back to the bass now. You said king on the bait fish. Um uh, still still bit of a frog bite or, or surface bite going on out, uh, over the over the lily pads, even though they're receiving. I love my frog and what do you got? Yes.
9: Yeah, absolutely. The top water bite this time of year is good. Uh, whether it be in whatever grass or lily pads that are remaining, uh, top water bite is really good this time of year. Do not, do not go out without having some sort of top water on. Whether it be a frog or a creature, something you can run over the grass and lily pads. They are still there are still some fish there. Plus, if you see uh, fish breaking, uh, bait fish breaking the water, you want to throw some sort of top water over the, over that also because mm-hmm. that means they're chasing shad. And they're looking up, and they're, they'll hit anything. Throw a buzz bait this time of year if you see Ooh, that. Oh, yeah. Some sort of popper. Uh, the buzz bait, bite is, buzz, bite, buzz bait bite can be very good this time of year, especially if you see a lot of breaking shad. Hey,
1: yeah, Lynn, we're up against a hard break. I really appreciate your time here on Super Short Notice. My lovely Dean Maurice, you're racking your brains in here. Call him up and, and see how to catch a bass now, please. <laughs> like, weather patterns, really capricious this time of year, as you mentioned. Cloudy day, light misty drizzle, prime time, and those days where you have the, the bright blue sky, high sun, what periods are going to be best? First light, early, first hour of daylight, maybe more towards late afternoon into early evening. You only have a chance to fish midday in a tough condition like that. What do you do?
0: Well, if
9: you're out there in bluebird skies, warm temperatures this time of year, uh, go back to your natural summer patterns. Those bass are going to be looking for comfort in shade areas. So you want to go to docks. You want to go to overhang trees. You want to go to parts of the bank where there's no sun beating on it because that's where those fish are going to be. They're just like us. They want to get out of the sun and they want to get comfort in the shade. Mm -hmm. So look for shade. Look for shade and look for current. And that's where those fish will be.
1: Lane, the tidal water bass bite. You there? Okay, Lane, one last question before I let you go. The tidal water bass bite. Whole different ball game again. Fishing the fishing the Delaware River, fishing around Rancocas Creek, uh, you know areas like that. Salem River, especially incoming, outgoing. How do bass react to the water movement in either direction? What kind of cover are they looking at?
9: That's funny you asked me that question. I'm looking at the Maurice River right now. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what actually? One of my favorite fisheries in South Jersey. I love this river, uh, but. Great question, Tom. Tidal, tidal water is uh, almost a completely different ball game. You're still trapped You're still following the tides. You want to get that. My my opinion, especially on the Maury side, because I'm looking at it, is that falling tide is is a great time to start uh, catching bass. They are, you know, very op- opportunistic. The, you're going to get the bait draining out of the creeks as the water is coming out. And at the mouths in the corner of those creeks and the bends, the bass will be set up ambushing anything that's coming out of those creeks on a falling tide. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's a great place to target bass on tidal, tidal fisheries this time of year. Lane,
1: well, thanks for your insight here. Listen, it's a transition period. Summer patterns are about over with exceptions, naturally. But the turnover that really, that cycle period has not yet arrived. But it's still a transition. As Lane explained, it could be hot fishing. But you have to know where to look, when to go, and what to use. Lane, you're a big plastics guy. The the Wacky Rig still your main game?
9: Uh, I have a Wacky Rig on my boat or my kayak year-round. It's something I never put down. Uh, it might be less effective certain times of the year. Uh, this, this time of year, like I said, on those bluebird skies, days where it's hot and sunny out, the Wacky Rig is still very important. Otherwise, I'm going to switch over to, like, a 3.5-inch Kytex, some sort of paddle tail swim bait. There you go. Uh, and and kind of mimic the bait fish that are out there, whether it be shad or perch or whatever. I'm going to throw those kind of colors. You know, the the old match-to-hatch kind of deal. You got it.
1: Lane, thanks for joining us on Racket Fin. You have a great weekend, and best to everyone. Uh, when are we going to uh, see you in that kayak classic again, brother? What's going on? We want you there, man.
9: <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I'd love to get out there, you know. My my native watercraft Slayer Max twelve and a half boat is a pure fishing machine. I love being on that boat. Uh, anybody who's in the market for a kayak, look at Native Watercraft. Those boats are amazing. Uh, they will they will get you where you need to go. They're a pedal drive system. They are amazing, amazing fishing fishing machine.
1: Now, L, you know my wit, my girth, whatever. Does that thing hold even me?
9: <laughs> Tom Pig. You know, I'm, I'm six foot three, 235 pounds, and I have no problem standing in my kayak fishing all day uh, in that thing. These things are so stable, so so easy to fish out of, so comfortable. The seats are amazing. Uh, these these kayaks are literally mini bass boats at this point. They're, they're just an amazing tool to get around the waters, especially in South Jersey where our lakes aren't huge.
1: Perfect. Well, you take care. Best of all. See you on the water, brother.
9: You take care,
1: Tom. Lane L. This man can fit. I mean, I I watch Man, he is he is good in the act. Grab that cup. Grab that rebel. Be right back. Rack and Finn Radio.
0: WPG Talk Radio, ninety-five point five FM and fourteen fifty AM, South Jersey's Talk Station. Fox News. Until
5: NATO, police cars are filling Capitol Hill streets ahead of the Justice for J Six rally. Right-wing groups are expected to protest against the treatment of those arrested for the January 6th riot. Capitol Police Chief Tom Manger said there's been chatter about potential violence, but... We have
6: a strong plan in place to ensure that it remains peaceful and that if violence does occur, um, that we can stop it uh, as quickly as possible.
5: National Guard troops are standing by if needed. An FDA advisory panel voted no on COVID vaccine booster shots for people under 65. The
7: vote, a blow for the Biden administration that planned on releasing booster shots next week. Pfizer has said that its current vaccine strength wanes after about six months. Jeff Manasso, Fox News.
8: America's listening to Fox News. you WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, AccuWeather
4: forecast for South Jersey. Low clouds break for some sun today, the high 84. Clear tonight, low 65. Mostly sunny tomorrow, Sunday's high 79. It'll be clear tomorrow night with a low of 59, and mostly sunny Monday with a high of 76. Tuesday, on and off sunshine, Tuesday's high also 76. I'm AccuWeather's Sally Sherman on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5.
0: Download Rack and Fin Radio as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Okay, the hunting seasons are going on. Now we're talking fishing here at opening segments of the show. Special early season whitetail going on. Archery, select DMZs around the state. September Canada goose season going on. Railbird season going on. If you're into it, the woodchuck season going on, crow season going on. But next week, next Saturday, 18th. And I shouldn't say the 18th. That's now. I'm, too, I'm just too fired up for this. The 25th. Indeed, my most magnificent happy new year to all is the opening of the gray squirrel and cottontail rabbit seasons. Who hunts squirrels and rabbits anymore, Tom P? Evidently, not many. Going by some harvest figures uh, via survey. And these are two magnificent small game animals, great to hunt, challenging to hunt, delicious to eat. And, you know, let's get to prospectus. We have a lot of land out there. Why do the, why did, it seems these species are ignored for the most part, except for people like me. Join us on the line right now, very special guest on Rack and Fin Radio is Andrew Burnett, principal biologist, Division of Fish and Wildlife's Upland Game and Fur Bear Project leader. Andrew, thanks for joining us. How you been, little brother? Long time no talk to. Uh,
6: I'm doing great, Tom. It's great to be back on Rack and Fin Radio.
1: Thank you, Andrew. Next week, I know I said the 18th, that's today. Oh, the 25th. Andrew, it's a glorious day in the world of Rack and Fin Radio. Opening of the, of the gray squirrel and the cottontail rabbit season, or the hair season as well. Andrew, these are just challenging, as I mentioned. Fun to hunt, challenging to hunt, great to eat, makes for a great day in the woods, in the fields, and yet interest based on harvest figures. I'll run by some of these numbers, listeners. It seemed to plummet. For example, seventy-three, seventy-four. Now, this is estimated at harvest via survey. Rabbits, 740,856 squirrels, 196, or 60, uh, 063. Now, these surveys weren't taken every year. Okay, some, they skipped a year here and there, and some were back to back. In 8081, 445,919 and 178,721, respectively. 94,95, 215,000 plus bunnies, 171,000 plus gray squirrels. 2001, 2002, 154,316 for the bunnies, 91,000 plus for the gray squirrels. 2, 2018. This hurts my heart, people. Cottontails, 28,619 gray squirrels, 60,735. On the one hand, I'm saying to myself, that's more for me. On the other hand, I'm saying, wow, what what's going on here? The, people don't hunt rabbits, squirrels anymore? Is it lack of habitat? I don't know. Is it a predation, probably, a hunter decline? I don't know. Andrew, you see these numbers. You you monitor this stuff very carefully. Your opinion, what's up with the lack of interest in bunnies and gray squirrels? Well, <clears throat> part of that reason,
6: Thomas just the, the hard number of licensed hunters that we have in the state has also plummeted from a high of uh, about 190,000 licensed buyers in 1970, 71 to something in the neighborhood of about 62,000 today. Wow! So just the number of Man. hunters that are out there, people that are buying a license has dropped. And like you said, there seems to be a little bit less interest in small game and people are focusing more on big game like deer or turkeys Mm -hmm. or waterfowl or sometimes black bear um but what what i found when i was doing the surveys is the average harvest per hunter usually doesn't change that much so it's more a reflection of the number of the interest level the number of hunters that are out there who are Mm -hmm. targeting squirrels and rabbits they're still harvesting the same number per year, but since there's less of them, the, the harvest is less.
1: I know, Andrew, and it seems that well, we're out in the woods a lot and the fields a lot, and the again opening the early season, especially for the cottontails, a few years ago, Andrew was a master stroke, brilliant because come you know, the standard November, the traditional November opener, where the hell they go? Where where you'd see them around late September, you know, into early mid October, and then. They seem to vanish. Now, is that weather-related? Was it predation-related? But here's an opportunity, Let's to get out early. Okay, there's some heavy cover, but if you have good beagles, I know some people that hunt with Doshans, whatever, you know, the rabbit hunting opportunity is there. Same thing with the gray squirrels. And yet, as you said, Andrew, it's, well, we're giving you the opportunity, people. Why not take advantage of it? Maybe it's falling on deaf ears. I know everyone's enamored with the ringnecks, the stocking of the ringnecks, and stocking of the, the bobwhite quail in the two management areas. Uh, Greenwood and Peasley but I think Andrew we're missing out hunters and you know I love to be in the woods alone I don't like to see other people around but it's I wish there were more taking advantage of this great
4: resource
6: yeah especially for squirrels that's a great way to bring in a new hunter into the sport of hunting and as a matter of fact I I believe there's a uh, R3 event that's recruitment reactivation and retention then uh, at Walk Hill River on the 25th for about 10 hunters. They had, they had 41 people sign up. They only wow. have room for 10. That's great. So they're going to do a little squirrel hunt on the opening day. It's going to be a mentored hunt. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be two hunters for everyone mentor at Walk Hill National Wildlife Refuge. So, and as a way of introducing people to the sport of hunting. And like I said, you know, squirrel just lends itself to that, especially in Mm -hmm. October, where you find, you know, you get on a nice little hillside that has some beech nuts or some acorns on it. Oh, yeah. It's a great time to just sit there, observe the the beautiful fall color, and bag yourself a couple of bushy tails.
1: Andrew, sometimes I get so, and I'm weird, people. I'm weird. I acknowledge that. I get so enamored watching them. I mean, there's been times I've had all of a sudden there's five or six squirrels around between on the ground up in the branches. And then you're pinned. You really can't make a move because they see movement. They're <laughs> so, <laughs> my cousin Marion said was he says he was watching me from another ridge because he he banged his two or three and we were going to hit another spot. He says I watched you for 15, 20 minutes. They could have mugged you. Why didn't you shoot? I said I call him Bones. Said Bones. I, I just I just enjoyed watching him. And now Andrew, <laughs> it gets that it gets that crazy with the squirrel resource because there are so many natural limiting factors to what could be overpopulation, your predation, weather, uh, what's the deal here? Yeah.
6: Well, there, there's not too many fa- factors for squirrels. I mean, there's always those natural predators, whether avian or mammalian, but there really doesn't seem to be any lack of squirrels in the state mm-hmm. of New Jersey. Rabbits, I've seen some interesting research where the um, weather can play a factors particularly weather in March and and when, when I say weather I'm talking about rainfall so rainfall mm-hmm. in March and rainfall in September why March because that's when that first uh, litter of rabbits is being born so if you have like a significant amount of rainfall in there they might not sur- those young rabbits might not survive and then okay. if they don't survive they're not there to breed you know because those first year rabbits will breed again probably by about September. Okay, So if you get significant rain again in September, you might not have as much recruitment. But what I've seen this year is I, I've seen a couple of litters early in the spring. I, I just saw another young rabbit like about a week ago. So I'm thinking, though, nice. I don't think it was very rainy this year. So it should be good uh, as far as po- rabbit populations go for this year should be good. Uh, but whether or not, you know, people are out there to bag them, that's a whole other
1: question. Right, Jonathan Line is Andrew Burnett. He is a principal biologist, Division of Fish and Wildlife's Bureau of Wildlife Management. He is the Upland Game and Fur Bearer Project Leader. Topic is next Saturday's opener, Gray Squirrels and Cottontail Rabbits. Andy, back to the squirrels. Let me tell you something. I saw a red tail, I was where was I? was out out by I was a turkey swamp, somewhere out that mama County. I saw a red tail hawk hit a gray squirrel. And that, Andrew, was a fight to the death. That squirrel, I mean, he wouldn't give up. Eventually, the, the, the red-tailed guy. Now, a rabbit I've seen, they see a hawk come, and they give it up. But those squirrels are tenacious. I call them the Rasputin critters of the uplands. <laughs> and they can take some shots. People, now, people say, oh, you know, you can hunt with a pelican. That's more sporting. That's fine if you want to hunt with a pelican. There is also, is also check the digest, people, which just came out the other day. Great, great. Put, shout out to Cindy Kinsner there. Great digest this year as usual. You have a muzzleloader season as well in certain areas of the state, but Andy hunting them with a scattergun. People ever is that really sporting? Tommy, if you ever seen a squirrel whipping through those treetops, especially when there's some foliage still up there, or running along the round zigzag. Ezekiel has, has nothing on a squirrel. I mean, they can be some tough customers. They're perfectly suited to a scattergun. We like to use twenty gauges, Andy, and it's great sport. Yes, it is. But the pellet um, rifle adds a whole new dimension on that, man. <laughs> That's getting to the twenty-two yes. days, yeah.
6: Absolutely, it certainly does. And um, like I said, it's a little bit more challenging, and it's probably a little quieter too than using a scatter gun. Yep. Uh, usually, you have to, you know, the woods have to settle down for another twenty
1: or thirty minutes before
6: those bushes uh, start <laughs>
1: right. sticking their heads out again. Andrew, before I let you go, the prospectus now, gray squirrel, cottontail seasons, you know, weather predation, so populations look a lot of great opportunities uh, waiting for us.
6: That's that's what I think this year. I think the weather's been good. Um, So populations for rabbits should be good or at least fair in most parts of the state um well you touched on habitat before we have more public land than ever mm-hmm. uh, we're always constantly getting more land so there's always more places for people to go hunt uh, regardless of what species they are targeting um
1: there, and squirrels like i said there's no lack of squirrels in the state of new jersey that's a fact okay andrew just andrew one more question before i let you go rough grouse season's been closed now for a few years again hunter push for this not that many grouse around the habitat whatever and it hasn't been on the part of the vision or special uh, interest groups like, you know, the Rough Grass Society. Have there been any habitat improvement projects in New Jersey, north, central or south, more north and, and south? I should say central sort of you know transition area uh, for, for these great birds.
6: Yeah, up in the northern part of the state, uh, we've done some work. Uh, last year, I did a, a small 10 acre uh, clear cut and on about six different parcels in flatbrook wildlife management area uh we initially did those in the early 1990s and so we returned to that area to set forest succession back because that's what grouse need and that's what's lacking in the state so we have two million acres of forest in the state about a hundred thousand acres are suitable for grass are in that young forest stage zero to 20 years Uh, the majority of our forests are at least 60 years of age which Really aren't utilized by rough grouse. There's also on the Sparta Mountain Wildlife Management Area that they've done some timber cuts. Uh, uh, they've done those for golden wing warblers, uh, which share si- similar habitat needs for rough grouse. So what's done for warbler will be good for rough grouse up there as well.
1: Okay, so so, so it's yeah.
6: a it's a long process and sure. it takes a lot of time, especially in in this state where you know some people aren't exactly a fan of active forest management. Course. And, you know, they want to bring us, uh, they want us to stop doing, you know, cutting trees and that type of thing. Right. Uh, but unless we can get some trees cut on the ground, you know, that's the only thing that's going to allow rough grouse to stay on the landscape
1: in New Jersey. Andrew, in and size forever in my memory, was the first time as a youngster, again, I mentioned along the flatbrook, hearing, I was all of nine years old, eight years old, hearing a grouse drumming. And I said to my my, my uncle, I said, Who, what's that? What's that? And he said, they call it the mountain bird. And what do I know? A mountain bird. And sure enough, I looked it up in Larry Kohler's um, Treasury of Hunting book, which I, I absorbed. And there was, and I was enamored with grouse for the longest time. Not that I could hit them, you know, but just hunting, yeah. that was something. So in, in our lifetime, we may not see it back, but at least something is being done. As Andrew said, it's a very long process. Same with the quail, a very long process reestablishing it, but. But something's being done. Andrew, thanks for joining us. Listen, it's going to be great cottontail rap and gray squirrel season over next Saturday. Get out there and enjoy. Andrew, travel safe. We'll see you soon, bud. All right, Tommy. Thanks again. Take care. Yeah. Andrew Burnett, cool guy. Be right back. Rack and Fin Radio. Oh, bushy tails and cottontails. It's going to be better than that.
3: Excludes buyer's sales. See dealer for details. At Venice Chevrolet, your vehicle will never be worth more than it is this month. That's, That's a fact. Bennett will pay you top dollar on the spot and will buy your vehicle even if you don't buy one of ours. No sales pressure, just top dollar for your trade. In fact, this month only, Bennett will pay you a minimum $8,000 for your trade. Let me repeat. Bennett will pay you a minimum $8,000 towards any pre-owned vehicle on our lot. No matter the condition or miles, even if your trade's a total wreck, it's worth eight dollars this month only. Imagine how much more we'll pay for a good quality trade. Get to Bennett Chevy and you could drive away in a newer vehicle with the same or even lower payments than you're making on your old vehicle. Plus, at Bennett, we have non-commissioned sales folks who are paid on your satisfaction, not how much you spend. So there's never any sales pressure and never any need to negotiate. Find new roads at Bennett Chevy. Egg Aubrey Township and BennettChevy.com. At Ocean First Bank, our first thought is you. We put you first in all. Community banking for a century. We treat you like your family. Whatever you need, whatever you dream, let's make it a reality. Ocean First Bank. Putting you first.
4: When it comes to our customers, convenience matters. That's why we offer top-rated digital banking services with just that in mind. From online account opening, to contactless payment options, to mobile check deposit, right from your phone.
3: Whatever you need, whatever you dream, let's make it a reality. Ocean First Bank,
8: putting you first.
4: Member FDIC,
8: Equal Housing Opportunity Lender.
4: The pitch is moving up a day.
8: Antonio's animation studio needs a 3D designer today. What are we going to do? Someone who's as artistic as they are organized.
5: How are we going to get all this done? What about about the production schedule?
8: Indeed can help him hire great people fast.
3: I need Indeed.
8: Indeed you do. Screen for quality candidates with the skills your role needs with Indeed assessments. Visit indeed.com slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
9: Wake up to Wendy's and get a bacon or sausage egg and Swiss breakfast croissant for just $1.99 made with fresh cracked eggs and served on a hot
3: buttery croissant that's fluffy enough to sleep on. Uh uh-uh. uh. It's time to wakey wakey. Hit the Wendy's drive thru and get your bacon or sausage, egg, and Swiss breakfast croissant for just $1.99. That's a better breakfast for just $1.99. Only at Wendy's. We got you.
4: Limited time only. U.S. price and participation may vary. Third party delivery prices may vary. Not following the combo.
0: Rack and Fin Radio with Tom P. WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: And that'll do it for this week on and Fin Radio with me, Tom P. Get out there and enjoy plenty of opportunities out there. Less crack at summer flaties. Still plenty of fish in the inlets and back bays. You want to go out front and get knocked around? Yeah, a lot, lot more. I'm sure bigger fluke out front. You still have opportunities for keepers in the back. Early archery season for whitetails and select DMZs is going on. You have September Canada goose season going on and some great freshwater fishing happening. Get out and enjoy. As always, God bless America. God bless our troops. God bless our first responders. See you next week. Rack and Finn Radio. 95.5
0: FM.